Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to episode number 20 of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is Tony, T-O-N-Y-L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, I will be recapping uh, Minnesota's dominant 34-14 Week 12 victory over Indiana. Um, Thanks to a big day from Tanner Morgan and a huge response from Joe Rossi and the Gophers defense. Um, I'll also touch on redshirt sophomore um, defensive end MJ Anderson deciding to enter the transfer portal um, Sunday afternoon. All right, let's get into some instant reactions from the Gophers' 35-14 win over the Hoosiers. Um, I think the biggest takeaway I think most people uh, saw in uh, Saturday's game was Tanner Morgan. He probably had his best game of 2021. Um, he was 14-20 passing for 196 yards and two touchdowns. Um he didn't get sacked, and he had two carries for eight yards. Um, he just overall looked uh, probably the most comfortable he's looked all year. He, he didn't look like he was forcing much. Uh, he did miss a, a handful of throws, but he looked, uh, I don't want to say like his old self, but you saw why he still started. Um, he it, it was good to see this uh, Gophers passing game find that kind of success again, uh, knowing that it, it it's still possible. Um, his 70% completion percentage was his second best all season behind. He, he uh, completed 83% of his passes against Nebraska. Um, it's his third time uh, this season with two touchdown passes and the third most passing yards he's had this season. Uh, behind Ohio State and that Nebraska game as well. So he didn't have his best completion percentage, didn't have his most passing yards, didn't have his most touchdowns. But all around, I it, it was just a very complete performance, and it was just very uh, good to see given how much he's struggling and how much uh, – the lack of momentum he probably had coming into this game, it was uh, it was just good to see him get back on track. Um, and then the other uh, big takeaway was uh, defensive coordinator Joe Rossi and how he has uh, coached the defense really over the last few months. Um, Minnesota allowed 92 yards uh, on the opening drive of the game for Indiana. Indiana drove 92 yards down the field and scored a touchdown. 
And there were people on Twitter saying, oh, that can't happen. Joe Bro- there was someone who said that Joe Rossi needs to be fired, which is absolutely blasphemous. He's been one of the best uh, defense coordinators in the country this year, in my book. Um, and he showed that after the first drive. He made terrific adjustments uh, and allowed 127 yards uh, the rest of the game. Indiana scored 127 yards the rest of the game, and 69 of those came on the last drive, which was really just in garbage time, and a lot of the Gophers' backups were in at that point. Um, The Gophers had two interceptions defensively for the first time all season. Tyler Newbin and Phillip Howard uh, both reeled one in, and it just... Uh, Rossi deserves a ton of credit for how well this defense continues to play, plain and simple. Um, on the first drive, the Hoosiers had a young quarterback, true freshman, making his third career start, I believe. Uh, there's not much, there's film on him, but not that much film on him. And uh, the Gophers really didn't know how he would come out and what Indiana wanted to run right away. So, uh they gathered information and adjusted, and that's what good coaches do. That w- that was just a terrific coaching performance from the defensive side of the ball, and it, there's just not really much more you can ask for. There's really no weakness in that game. They they uh, saw what Indiana wanted to do. They struggled right away, but then they adjusted and played at a very very high level for the rest of the game. Um. It, all around, it was just one of the Gophers' best games all season. It's right up there with the Colorado game, the Northwestern game. Uh, it was just all phases. There was just very little to complain about from a fan's perspective. Uh, they easily could have packed it in after the Iowa game. It seems like most people online almost kind of did. Uh, they thought that was the season, and they thought... Uh, it was such a frustrating loss, and uh, rightfully so. It's tough to uh, take positives away from that game. But, like, the Gophers can still win the Big Ten West pretty easily, and we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, there's just very very little com- to complain about. It was a complete performance in all phases. The... If, if you, you had one gripe, it was just a bit of a... It was just a boring game in the second half. Uh, the Gophers didn't have that much success offensively in the second half, but they the defense did what they needed to do and didn't let Indiana back into the game, so sometimes that's all you can ask for. Um, but like I said, this team can still win the Big Ten West title. In the final week of the regular season, what needs to happen, um, Nebraska needs to beat Iowa, which... Of note, something interesting, Nebraska is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Iowa. Um, Purdue needs to beat Indiana, and they're a big favorite against Indiana. We just saw how bad that offense is uh, this week. Um, And then the Gophers need to win back the Axe and beat Wisconsin. Um, I saw that right away, and I got a little confused because uh, we would have the same record against Iowa. Or the same record as all four of those teams, and I would I would think that Iowa owned the tiebreaker over us, but it's kind of like uh, head-to-head record between all four of those teams because uh, Purdue being included in that group needs to happen because the Gophers would then have an extra head-to-head win 
and Iowa would pick up an extra head-to-head loss and produce one and two head-to-head records in the four-way tie would eliminate them because the Gophers in Wisconsin would be two and two out of the, that group, or they would be two and one, and then so they would be tied, and Minnesota would have the tiebreaker over Wisconsin, moving Minnesota to the big to the Big Ten West title and to Indianapolis to likely now take on Ohio State. Um, but so this team. It, after the Iowa game, it kind of just deflated the air out of the season. Everyone's like, oh, can't win the Big Ten West anymore. Can't do this, can't do that. They had two uh, terrible losses against Illinois and Bowling Green. And they're very frustrating losses. But they had two very, very hard-fought games that they were in against Iowa and Ohio State on a huge stage that they played very well. So... This team still has everything they want. Oh, they, technically, they're the only team that needs an upset final week of the regular season in order to go to the Big Ten Championship. So it, it was just an all-around performance against Indiana, and it, it was just good to see this team realize they still have so much so much to play for. All right, so more specifically into the offense, into the passing game, uh, Tanner Morgan, like I said, probably had one of his best games of the, of the season. Um, six def- different Gophers recorded a catch. Uh, Chris Ottman-Bell had seven targets. He reeled in uh, four catches for 44 yards and had two spectacular touchdown catches. Um, it was probably one of his, probably his best game of the season since the Nebraska game. He had 100 yards against Iowa, but he... I think that was only on, like, three catches. Uh, but those two touchdown catches, I think, show how high uh, Ottman Bell's potential still is, like, as a wide receiver. I don't know if he'll get drafted, being that he's battled so many injuries and he's struggled to kind of get that on-field production consistently. But... If there's a team that takes a chance on him and brings him in uh, to their training camp, which I think is more than possible, they're going to get a steal. I think he is an, a complete wide receiver. He can work over the middle. Um, he can contest, uh, make contested catches in the end zone like he did against Nebraska. So I, I think it was one of his best performances. He really showcased how talented he can be. Um, but... As for the rest of the pass catchers, Brevin Span Ford probably had his best game in a Gophers uniform. He had uh, three targets, brought them all in for three catches and 67 yards, which was a career high uh, for him. Uh, great to see him get involved in the passing game. Always good things happen when he gets the ball. Um, Daniel Jackson had four targets, brought in two of them for 27 yards. Um, Kai Thomas got involved in the passing game once again. Always good to see the running backs involved. He, he had caught both of his two targets for 14 yards. Mike Brown-Stevens caught two of his four targets for 10 yards. And uh, Daylon Wright had another big uh, catch that's kind of back-to-back weeks uh, against... Against Iowa, I think he only had one catch, but in the Illinois game, he had those two uh, big catches on the last drive of the game. It's kind of like they only passed to him at the end of the game, but he caught his one target for 34 yards, uh, which I believe was his most yards since 
Uh, nope, j- just kidding. Uh, overall, though, I think f- f- for the pass catchers as a whole, this was probably their best game since Week 7 against Nebraska. Uh, kind of like Tanner Morgan, I guess, but, uh, like, against Iowa, there were a lot of times that Morgan was missing open receivers, but there were also a good amount of drops, and I think it was just a good overall performance from the passing game. Uh, Morgan had time to throw in the pocket, and he was throwing to open receivers, and they were catching the ball. It was just good to see after how much question and hate the group has gotten the last few weeks. Um, as for the rest of the offense and the rush attack, uh, Kai Thomas had 26 carries for 105 yards and two touchdowns. So now, since Bryce Williams went down, he has uh, 100-plus yards in four of the five games since that. With uh, The only game that he didn't get to triple digits was against Illinois, but so he's played terrific in the expanded role. Um and then Bucky Irving had 14 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. He looked great again. Uh, as a duo, they still are just playing high-level football. Not much to complain about. Uh, Cole Kramer at the Wildcat quarterback had five carries for 14 yards. Uh, he had a season-low one last week against Iowa, so it's kind of shown that he's still involved in this offense uh, this week. Um, as a whole... The uh, Gophers had 48 carries for 195 and three touchdowns on the ground. It was just another dominant performance from the offensive line and tight ends in the run blocking department. Um, they were just able to get those four or five yards of pop, which make the makes this offense uh, roll. And uh, when the running game is doing that, it makes a lot easier on Tanner Morgan to get comfortable, and I think you really were able to see that today. Um, as for the defensive line, um, the defensive front had another great game after that first drive. Uh, Niles Pinckney really stood out. I think it, he was probably the Gophers' best defensive player against Indiana. Um, I think he had his best game in a Gophers uniform um, on Saturday. He had Seven total tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, and one QB hurry. Um, he was just very disruptive from the inside, and he takes that de- this defense to a whole nother level when he's playing that high level of football. Um, Boye Mafe has been relatively quiet in the sack department recently, but he had three total tackles. He, he's played well. And Thomas Rush, Asesio Tomiwo, uh, Micah Dutreadway, and Trill Carter all played very well. Uh, there was 85 rushing yards on the first drive of the game and 141 on the day. So that roughly, that's, I'm bad at quick math, but that's like 57? Uh, no, 60, whatever. Uh, not much the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, but uh, as for uh, the linebacker position, uh, Jack Gibbons continues to play very, very good football. Team high eight tackles, um, and I think I say this every week, but his his energy on that uh, second drive of the game after the big uh, scoring drive for Indiana, I think kind of you could like feel it through the TV screen that uh, just like it. I think he had two huge tackles on that drive, but it really uh, turned the momentum in the uh, 
the feeling of, of the Gophers' defense around to have a just overall bounce-back performance after that first drive. Uh, Moriano Sorimaran continues to play well. He had four total tackles, half of a tackle for loss, um, and just a, it's just consistency from the linebackers is really what has made this defense flourish. Something that the Gophers just were not able to have in 2020, and in 2021, just a completely different story. Um, as for the defensive backfield, uh, Indiana's obviously not a good passing offense, and I think they clearly showed that on Saturday. Um, but they were 8 for 19 for 77 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Um, on the outside, it was solid performances from both Justin Wally and Coney Durr. Uh, the group as a whole allowed only two two plays of 20-plus yards, and which is a good sign after how much the group has struggled allowing big plays all season. Um, and then at, at the safety position, Tyler Newbin and Jordan Howden had only four tackles, but they're playmakers. Newbin had an INT. Uh, I think that was his first one of the season and then Howden had a tackle for loss and a pass breakup so um they both played well even though it didn't show up in the stat sheet I think and as for the other cornerbacks behind Wally and Durr uh Justice Harris played very well in the slot kind of stood out to me he's played very well in the slot all season and Philip Howard had that INT uh both of those two are redshirt seniors as well as Coney Durr. Um, so it, I'm just curious what this group will look like going into next season. Uh, something to definitely talk about after uh, the Wisconsin game and the bowl game heading into the offseason. But uh, with so many veteran players, especially in the secondary, it's very curious uh, what this defense will look like next year, even on the defensive front. With MJ Anderson now leaving, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, the defense as a whole just played terrific after that first drive. It was just very, very good to see. Um, as for, I want to give a shout out to the special teams as well. I think this was a great game from all three phases. Um, Mark Crawford, the Gophers punter, had four punts for 147 yards, a 36.8 average, three of which were inside the 20. Um, so I, it's always an advantage when you can flip the field like that. And then uh, Matthew Trickett did not attempt a field goal today, but uh, he had back-to-back perfect weeks in the kicking department, uh, which is all you can ask for from your kicker. And that was his sixth time this season that he's been perfect on his kicks. Uh, the return game still really non-existent. A uh, lot of fair catches again, but... I thought it was just a good day from the special teams as well. Um, after such a great all-around performance from the Gophers, uh, unfortunately, redshirt sophomore defensive end MJ Anderson decided to enter the transfer portal on Sunday. Uh, the timing obviously is super weird, uh, but it always can be something like personal. Um, and Like he's a college kid at the end of the day, and... Someone myself who transferred schools uh, after their freshman year, I kind of decided to, uh, when I was, it it was kind of around this time too that I wanted to transfer. But, uh, so, like, 
you never want to speculate and say like why uh, he's why he's transferring, but it can always be something else. But um, as for his on the field stuff, he appeared in every game but one uh, this season. Uh, Sixteen total appearances in his career. Uh, this year he had seven total tackles and he had a big sack and two massive uh, pass defenses against Nebraska on one of the last drives of the game, if I remember correctly, that were huge in the Gophers, kind of ending that Nebraska comeback. Uh, The most confusing thing is he was in line to have a massive role in 2022. Uh, The top six defensive linemen this season are all seniors, um, and he would have been the he would have been the main guy next year. Um, so that's what makes this move uh, even more confusing. Um, before coming to Minnesota, he was a three-star recruit in 2019. Um, he was ranked number 835 in the country. He's from uh, St. Louis, Missouri. So maybe he uh, goes back home to a school uh, closer to Missouri. Um, and... Texas and Notre Dame were his final two offers before choosing the Gophers, if I remember correctly. So maybe he goes back to one of those two schools. Um, and yeah, the, everyone's going to talk about the timing doing this uh, with one game left in the regular season. Why couldn't he just wait until uh, before the uh, bowl game and do it after the Wisconsin game? But you never know what a guy's going through. So I, I don't want to necessarily say that. Um, but the impact from this, uh, Curtis Dunlap transferring earlier in the year was one instance, and uh, he was another guy who was going to have a huge role in 2021. Uh, but so that was one instance, and you can really justify that and say, oh, it's just one bad apple in the bunch, and uh, you just move on. But now with without two players that were probably going to be one of your 22 starters next season. Um, and surefire starters at that. Like, these were going to be two of your best players next year, I think. Uh, that's a bit concerning. Um, I think Flex going to have to get a little bit busy in the transfer portal now, uh, or they're going to have to rely on some just young guys. Uh, Rashad Chenny is the only other uh, guy who's gotten some run this year that's not a senior on the defensive line Um, but he's literally the only guy now Um, so especially on the defensive line the Gophers are going to have to find a lot of production in the transfer portal so um, it's just both Anderson and Dunlap transferring Cam Wiley was at a position that thankfully the Gophers have a lot of depth But both of these players were going to play a big role next season, so it's interesting to see how the Gophers are going to react from this. Um, uh, Anderson specifically opens the door for true freshmen like Devin Eastern and Austin Booker to get some playing time next season. Uh, But again, both those guys haven't appeared yet this year, so it's a lot to ask from two true freshmen. So. I would hope and I would assume the uh, flex going to be busy in the transfer portal, especially on the defensive line. Um, but all right, now with all that, uh, the Gophers still have a football game to play on Saturday, and they can still go to the uh, Big Ten Championship. They 
are taking on Wisconsin for all the marbles, um, and all the all the hate and questions of this season, all the Bowling Green loss, the Illinois loss, the Tanner Morgan questions can go away with just a win. Uh, even if Iowa beats Nebraska and the Gophers don't make it to the Big Ten West title, um, I the it can really put a stamp on a up and down season with a win this week against Wisconsin. Um, like I said earlier, if Nebraska beats Iowa, Purdue beats Indiana, and the Gophers beat Wisconsin, the Gophers are going to the Big Big Ten West title. And um, the reasoning behind that is because Purdue uh, being included in the four-way tie would give the ex- Gophers an extra head-to-head win, and it would give Iowa an extra head-to-head loss. And Purdue and Iowa's one and two head-to-head records in the four-way tie would eliminate them, and leaving Minnesota and Wisconsin, the Gophers would have the head-to-head tiebreaker against the the Badgers. Um, so it, I'll have a preview show later in the week, but Tanner Morgan, I think, can just define his Gophers career and put a stamp on being one of the most productive quarterbacks in program history with a final home win against Wisconsin. Um, I think I'll leave it at that today, and I appreciate you listening as always. Uh, row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.